And this week's episode of Studio Inter will be reviewing the Derby d'Italia defeat against Juventus with Serie A commentator Marco Palmieri. We'll be doing a quick review of the Bayern game, previewing the Bologna and Atalanta games in this week's Monty Morafton Frog and much, much more. And if you want to see Inter, on the Sentinel.com. Benvenuti, bentornati to another edition of Studio Inter. I'm your host, Nima Tavalli welcoming you to an episode where we are far from happy after a week where we were, or a month where we were absolutely all smiles. The last week has been anything but good for Inter with two defeats, uh, one starting with the buying game, which had no impact at all. It was pretty much a glorified friendly and Inter pretty stood up really well there. Um, but there was some controversy involved there, and we're, we, we're going to talk about that. But above all, the Derby d'Italia. But before we get to all of that, let me introduce my. Uh, int- but let me begin by introducing my panelists, starting with uh, Semprinter.com preview writer, Mr. Mohamed Nassar. Mr. Ugh. Positivity, not so much. I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, look, uh, uh, the wheels haven't come off, so it's okay. It's always, I was just telling you offline, it's always terrible to. to record the podcast after a loss but uh it is what it is so let's discuss this and uh yeah great uh, episode coming up i hope absolutely we have a lot to talk about because uh, this we have talked we, but we'll get into everything um uh also joining us today uh he writes a column uh, named he writes a feature every week on sample inter called what we Le- five things we learned from inter this week mr jake smalley one day i will learn how to pronounce your feature properly and not mess it up, I swear. <laughs> One of these days. <laughs> well, I'm just glad you could say my name properly, actually, because that's, that's caused a bit of a people. But yeah, good to be back this week. And uh, I'm a bit angry, if I'm honest with you. So mm. This will be a bit of uh, therapy for me, so I'm looking forward to good, it. Good, good, because I think I'm, 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 I'm not exactly happy either. I think any Inter fan is happy. And we are joined by our good friend in Toronto. He's a produ- good friend in Toronto. He's a producer at TSN and our in-house refereeing expert, Mr. Michael Gallo. I'm not as uh, angry as I thought I would be today. Usually after derby losses, I'm usually a mess. But for some reason, I have some type of positivity in my mind. I don't know why. I don't know what this feeling is. But, um, hey, it's what, what can we do? We, we lost to Juve. No one likes this. But uh, we got to move on. And there's a lot of, still a lot of positive things to think about this year. And uh, excited to talk to all of you again today. For sure, because that, that's, that's, it's funny you mentioned that, because that's exactly how I feel as well. Um, but we're going to get to all of that. We're going to get to all of that, but but before we do, um, I want to int- I want to introduce our guest. He's a very special guest, who a very good friend of the show. He's been with us through the years many many times. He's a commentator for the Serie A World Feed. Welcome back to Studio Inter, Mr. Marco Palmieri. Thank you very much, Nima. What a great introduction. Good to be here. <laughs> well, 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 we're very grateful that you always make time for, for us here on Studio Inter. So um, let's get right into the Juventus game. Um, it was a game, um, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you, Marco, how you think, but basically my, my reflection is this, that I, I don't know how many times I think I've said this about Inter or we've seen, we've seen this about Inter. And that is that it's a game where Inter in big games whether it was Milan last season, um, both Serie A derbies, whether it was Real Madrid, whether it was Liverpool, whether it was Juve even in the first home a game at home last season, 
or etc. or Lazio uh, again uh, last season. Uh, I mean, it's it's a repeated theme. Inter create chances, they miss sitters, and then end up losing or dropping points, especially this season. Now, less true that that's less true when it comes to the Lazio and, and Milan derbies because they were kind of outplayed in those. But it was it's absolutely true against Roma, um, and it, 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 you know, to some extent, the three-three draw against um, Barcelona too. Um, I mean, what is happening here? Is this Simone Inzaghi's Inter, or is it just that the players he's got uh, lack the killer instinct? And of course, Romelu Lukaku's injury being a part of that. Um, okay, there's uh, there's a lot to unpack there, but um, yeah. let me uh, <laughs> let me attempt. To give you at least my opinion, I don't know, on the uh, the state of affairs at the moment. Okay, you said we are creating chances, and, and that's true. Inter are definitely creating chances, and, and you've got to say that that's a positive. Um, it would be a lot worse if we weren't, and last night proved that, you know, um, against a very timid Juventus team, I think Inter should have been 2-3-0 up at halftime. Um, let's, you know, the, you've got to take those chances. They, there's no question, especially, I think, I'm referring to Dumfries, I'm referring to, you know, Dzeko and, and then Lautaro to a certain extent. But, you know, when, when, you're, when your scorers aren't scoring, um, I guess last season when that was happening, the good part was we there was no leaking of goals. Um, you know, that they'd be pretty sure that uh, the, the defensive department would, would help them and a, and a goal came eventually. Um, or they'd, they'd probably draw. Like, Inter haven't drawn yet this season, <laughs> apart from Barcelona. Um, but, uh, and, and, you know, that was uh, a pretty, shall we say, you know, sour draw, given the circumstances in the final minute. But um, it, um, I, I think that, the big games are, of course, the problem, and I think Inzaghi definitely has to address that. But having said that, um, they've lost you know all of the big matches this season. Only the Roma one, I think, is the the one where he can really be you know truly you know have a lot of regrets about. It's the only one that was at home. It was the one where you know Roma did very little. The one you know two chances that were were afforded to. Two of them were scored, and and yeah, and and you know, at, uh, in front of seventy odd thousand people at the San Siro, that's just not acceptable. Uh, uh, you know, against a Roma side that weren't particularly you know creative, and were pretty much all over the shop. So I think Inter definitely need to, you know, take take heed of the fact that um, they are still creating chances. They are still. You know, entertaining because um, you know they've, they've been playing some incredible football last night. I guess the strikers weren't on target. Barella probably not as um, I don't know flamboyant as we're used to seeing him so far this season. He's been quite outstanding in the form of his life, I've got to say. But um, but that wasn't the case last night. And and then you know Juventus were. You know, they're clearly gr- growing in confidence, um, you know, especially after that counter-attack. I mean, that that goal, the, the opening goal changed the match. And I think Inter were at fault, but you can also say that Juventus played a pretty amazing counter-attack. And, and that, you know, that, that comes from a lot of uh, training ground, you know, um, work and, and, you know, and they are 
real they finally realize that they can put together a a decent move and 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 it paid dividends and then the fury of having that disallowed goal probably pushed them even more to um, to search for a, a second and and you know inter's reaction i guess wasn't really what we were used to seeing um there was you know the shot from lautaro which uh, nine times out of 10 i think he'll 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 score but um you know the the frustration set in, and uh, and and Inter were made to 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 pay the ultimate price last night with the second goal, which basically killed off the affair. I want to talk a little bit about Lautaro Martinez <clears throat> because he's a player who I think you know it's quite clear that he's supposed to be the main man at Inter now, and and, and it's obvious that he is, and and he's supposed to shoulder that responsibility. And I think technically. Uh, in terms of, I mean, technically, no one can say anything about him. I think he's one of the most gifted players in the world, uh, technically, and certainly in the Serie A. And he's he's the, he's the only player, I think, one of the few players who consistently this season uh, has been, if not world-class, then world-class adjacent. But one thing that is his problem and has been throughout his career at Inter is that his clinical, his his cynicism in front of goal, the the, the lack of clinical finishing the 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 fact that he needs three four chances to score one goal that is is a problem and i thought last season especially towards the end of last season from april onwards that he'd kind of turned a corner there and that he was becoming this kind of bomber that 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 uh you know i personally never thought he could be but i feel that now even though he's playing really well this season and he scored more than he used to i mean he scored i think six or seven goals in the city already it's still, given the amount of chances he has, he's not as efficient. Um, do you think this is just a charge? This is just more of a part uh, on his. You know, this is just another path, uh, another step down the path of, of him becoming the finished product. Um, or do you think that maybe you know, at the end of the day, Lautaro maybe not not be the maybe he isn't the prolific goal scorer we all expect him to be. Um, no, I, I've got to say I disagree. I think Lautaro is quality, and I think at the moment the only really problem that you, the only thing that you could criticise him for is consistency. And he went through that minor patch of four or five matches without a goal, and 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 that's obviously a bad situation for a striker. But um, but his it's not just the goals that he you know, contributes to, mm. to Inter that uh, make him such a quality player. I think he he just has that, you know, tenacity, that aggression, that, um, that willingness to, to always make up for a mistake. He's, he's the first person to try and recover possession if he's, if he's been at fault for losing it. He, mm. and, and he carries that and he transmits that to the rest of the team. And, and you know, Inzaghi recognises that and... And that's why he's a regular starter, and that's why he should be a regular starter unless he's injured. And of course, this season he's got more to play for because he's, you know, maybe today or tomorrow. I think the the, the team comes, the the, the national team selections yeah, are going to be made, and and he'll be a part of it. And you know, the World Cup is obviously on his agenda. Um, but no, I think you know, Inter need to keep him. They. You know, they'd be silly to <laughs> to lose a player Absolutely. of his ability. I think Absolutely. at this point, but um, Absolutely. but yeah, no, he does have to address this consistency issue. And I mean, after the you know the return match 
in Barcelona, I think that was the moment where everybody thought, oh, he's back. Ah, oh, finally. Mm-hmm. Okay, the, the, the Lautaro Vold. I mean, he... he got like eight and a half on the, on the score sheet, the, the Pagella, as they call them here. I mean, it was it was such an impressive performance and not just because of the goal, but, you know, it was um, it was outstanding. And, and he backed that up. You know, it wasn't a, a, a solitary performance. I think in the next couple of games, he, he showed what he was capable of. Last night, he took a step back, but um, and in, in a big game. So it's an unfortunate... You know, moment, but um, the opportunities will be there um, for for him to to show what he's made of, and uh, yeah, Inter really need to wait for that partnership to be, of course, re-sewed together between himself and Lukaku. Um, <laughs> who knows when that's going to happen? But I was uh, going to say, well, yeah, who they knows need to be patient. Happen. Who knows when that's going to happen with Lukaku's yeah. injury problems, which is a a big reason why I think Inter's results have been uh, as as they've been. Um, I'm going to hand you over to to uh, Mo. Mo, did you have a question for Marco? Then the floor is yours. Yeah, hi, Marco. Uh, again, always uh, great having you uh, on the pod. Uh, you are uh, the voice of the Serie A to us uh, internationals. So, uh, yeah, Thanks always lot, great man. to have you on. <laughs> Good anyway, to be here. Uh, so my, my question to you is, um, you know, um, Who's got a higher ceiling now? Now that we sit here at, uh, after the Derby d'Italia, do you reckon that uh, Inter have a wider margin of improvement and are more likely to achieve that margin, or do you reckon that Juve have a higher margin for improvement and are more likely to see that potential? So it's like a two-parter. Who's got the most potential? Who's likely to? Uh, fulfill that potential come the end of the season for from for both teams. Um, okay, I'll start with Juventus. Um, I think they have a lot of potential to come back when you consider, you know, the the players that are be coming back after the break, the likes of Pogba, you know, Chiesa, if <laughs> if they're lucky, um, and. I think the fact that uh, Allegri has had this opportunity to show some of these younger players off and give them a lot more running time than they otherwise would have had it it's, it's going to help them you know when the schedule is a little bit more hectic you know when they play in Europa League I think they really need to try and win that competition I know it won't be easy and a lot of people rubbish it but um but but they're Juventus you know I think Barcelona are probably the only team that they've um uh you know that they may struggle against at this point but um, yeah, I think they they can improve a lot more because they hit rock bottom. They really did. You know, uh, I haven't seen too many Juventus matches this season, but the ones I saw were were atrocious. They, they lacked ideas. They weren't creating. They were quite slow and lethargic. And and obviously Allegri was getting a lot of slack. And and his man been able to you know to a certain extent prove the critics wrong after last night's performance and. You know, put aside the Champions League debacle, that was obviously to enter his own admittance an absolute uh, debacle. <laughs> and um, but you know, looking forward, I think they they were able to to get some of the the mindset that was missing from some of their players, you know, back on that winning way. And yeah, and and, and last night was was proof of that. And so I think Juventus. I think they have more of a margin for improvement 
Um, and, you know, I think they play Lazio next week. And so we'll see. Uh, that's going to be a big test. And, and I think if they win against Verona, which I say they would, um, they, you know, that might be a, a top of the table clash that would see Juventus go level with Lazio, you know, a team that just beat, mm. you know, Roma yesterday. So, um, yeah, it, it's a weird season. It is, isn't it, with this whole break? And who knows what's going to happen? I think people are really, uh, you know, just afraid to say what 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 the, you know, the the outcome will be after such a, a big break. And who's playing in the World Cup? And will it do them good? And will they be rested? Or was it better to play? And you know, and so <laughs> yeah. I mean, can you just imagine a lot of the inter players <laughs> that just be playing friendlies for for a month and a half? And, um, you know, the continuity isn't going to be there. So anyway, I mean, there's a lot to consider, but ultimately it's an abnormal season and no one can really know for sure what is going to happen after the break. As for Inter, um, yeah, they, you know, I think I, I wouldn't throw everything away. I mean, last night wasn't great. Sure, they're, they're struggling against the big teams, but they've got, you know, at least four out of those five teams that they've lost against are, were away, so they can, you know, at least look forward to to getting a bit of revenge at San Siro, which is always a big factor. And and also, you know, the the defence away is is so much weirder. And <laughs> how the how how on earth then they you know their, their defence be so different away from home as, than it is you know at home. But um, but that's a factor that uh, Inzaghi has to address. I think you know. Not quite sure what the statistic is, but I think well, out of eighteen or nineteen goals they've conceded, I think sixteen of them have been away from home. So I mean, it's yeah. it's it's pretty atrocious. Um, so yeah, I think it, it's not all bad. I know they're a long way away from you know the the top of the uh, of the ladder, but um, they also have a thing called Champions League uh, to look forward to. And you know, if you know, we saw that the draw today was particularly favourable. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. There are never e easy games, but um, I'm sure they prefer to play Porto than than Liverpool <laughs> or or PSG. So I think it was um, it was it was a pretty good draw for Inter. And if they get through that round, I mean, confidence can really help when um, you know when you when you're in those final stages of the 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 Champions League. It may you know spill over into the league, and so you can never say you can never say. Certainly, you really can't say. Uh, um, I'm gonna hand you over to to Michael. Uh, Mike, did you have a question for Marco? Then the floor is yours. Marco, I'm used to hearing your voice on all these games uh, on a consistent level, and I don't think I've like I don't know if it's if maybe just not doing inter games or just the games that I'm watching you haven't been doing. But um, have you your schedule wise? Have you been not doing that many inter games, or how has it been? Has it been limited compared to previous seasons? Because I remember the last few years, I would you know be hearing your voice on a consistent level almost every week. But uh, this year, for some reason, I haven't heard you that much. So I just wondering what's what's going on, and and hope uh, you know what what games you've been doing, and and how's everything going with that? Um, no, no, it's all it's all good. It's all good. Um, I, I don't pick the the matches, but but I'm happy to do the ones that I do. Uh, it's always a privilege to um to to be on the mic and uh, and try and 
help the games sound better than they actually are, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but I don't know if that's possible sometimes, but uh, we do our best. Um, I did one intermatch. I did the, the Udinese Inter, I think. and uh, But no, I... I, well, I try to forget that one. That's probably... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I have to say, my favourite, Marco, of yours, uh, commentary of yours is, is from way, way back. I think it's 2008, 2009 when at the olimpico when uh slatan ibrahimovic does that scorpione the the scorpion pass um and all of like all of the olimpico is like and and you you just you, your reaction was this at that moment your reaction we were all marco palmieri at that moment uh you your 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 commentary was excellent it was like it was like saying you just laughed and said no words no words like it was just insane you remember that yeah yeah i think i do i know i mean it, it, it's difficult to it, it's uh you got to try and relay i guess what you what you feel and sometimes you can't really do that at um when you're watching a match on the screen it's a lot better when you're actually at at, at the match and uh, we've had the privilege of doing matches from the stadium for a few years and um uh, and so i guess you know we 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 see what we can do i don't know it's uh, <laughs> it's not an easy job yeah. but, but for me it's also a, a hobby i guess that i have um been able to pursue i i have a regular 9 to 5 job so it's it's probably one of the reasons that you don't hear me as often as you do i i, I tend to just do the one game a week um and if they they're desperate. <laughs> I guess I'll, I'll have them. No, another. you're being but, modest now. You're being <laughs> modest now. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, so I'm doing uh, the two Roman teams next, actually, the, to finish out the year in style. So I've got Lazio on Thursday against um, Roma. And then, sorry, what did I say? Lazio-Roma. No, I'm doing Lazio-Monza yeah. Lazio and then Roma, uh, I think, yeah, on on. Sunday, Sunday afternoon at three. Yeah, so that, that's it. They're they're the next ones <laughs> on my on my plate, and then so, I'll be um, I'll be get my weekends back, which would be great. <laughs> yeah, you are can you watch doing, the World Cup. Exactly. Are all your Mark, are all your games? Are you doing them at the stadium? Or are you doing any off tube? No, no. Well, um, there's the international broadcast center out at Lisone that has been built a couple of years ago, and and the games are mainly done from there. All the Serie A matches, anyway. We do. There's uh, the Italian language commentary, the Arab, and also us doing it in English. And you know, we've uh, it's a nice team that we got together. We're all very happy with what we're doing, and um, yeah, maybe one day in the future there'll be possibility possibilities to go back to the stadium because um would be know, amazing yeah yeah we had uh, we had a lot of fun traveling around all around uh, italy and visiting pretty much every stadium i do i do go to a few stadium matches um to commentate every now and then mainly in the off season um for for friendlies and the like i did udinese at chelsea this season actually which was a lot of fun from the frioli the dutch arena um mm-hmm. but uh yeah the the city are it's it's a bit more of a hassle <laughs> to get to the yeah, stadium. I hear so, you. Yeah. I you hear wanna... you. Right. Yeah, I want to, Jake, if you had a question for uh, for Marco, then the floor is yours. I was quite enjoying listening to that, actually. I, I, as a former commentator myself, uh, you've almost got my dream job, to be honest with you. So it's, it's quite good to sort of listen to uh, how it sort of works, really. Um, but I've got a really simple question for you, actually. Um, I've just been thinking about it a little bit. Do you think that Inter can still win the league or not? Is it totally over? 
Uh, this is the question I was hoping no one was going to ask me, I'm going to say. Because, I mean, after last night, I mean, a lot of people were asking that question. Um, I mean, it's a long way away, isn't it? The summit of the table at the moment. When you look at how well Napoli are playing and... Um, yeah, I, I think it's a long, it's a lot to ask for. It really is. But as I, as I said before, for those reasons, you know, this season is one of those, you know, strange ones. No one's ever had this kind of break in the winter before. And, you know, there'll be a January transfer window as well, which could impact, you know, some clubs. Um, maybe... Napoli get better. <laughs> I don't know. Can, is, it, is it even possible for them to play even better than they are <laughs> at the moment? Um, mm. I mean, it's 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 a real tough one, Jake. Uh, I wish I had a simple answer for that simple question. I think, um, but it's I just it's a very tall order. Um, so I think it's probably more of a no than a yes. I know that's not what you want to hear, but <laughs> I mean, hey, I think uh, you're right. I think you're right. I think the the the, the number of points needed to recover is just. Well, it's 11 points now, but but if you think about the competition, um, you know, okay, we, we still have to play Napoli twice, so that, in theory, could be cut down to five points. <laughs> but, um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's one of those things, really. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And the first game back from the World Cup break is... In yeah, Canada. big Wednesday night. Absolutely. Yeah. Hopefully, I'll be going with Sheridan, actually. Well, you know, Sheridan. Ah, <laughs> we had Sheridan. On, we actually had Sheridan on last week. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, yeah, so. yeah, no, no, we'll be um, we'll, we'll be trying to brave the cold and, and get out there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, January San Siro is is freezing. Um, mm. It's just freezing. Uh, right uh, before we uh, before we let you go, um, I speaking on that um, speaking about that particular um, subject about Napoli and Scudetto. Do you think that they will win the Scudetto? Who do you think will win it? Ooh. Um, yeah, at the moment, there's no competition, as far as I'm concerned. Um, I think just um, it's incredible. They, they, their best player, um, Kvarat Skelia, um, you know, was missing on the weekend against the, the nearest side on the table to them. And, um, and they, you know, they overcame that massive setback. And it's like, you know, an Elmas... Played the game, played the game of his life. So yeah, no, I think Spalletti is um, is killing it at the moment, and and not just in Italy. Uh, you know, the European form has been outstanding as well. And at the moment, I I mean, we'll see. Maybe Sarri has got some magic uh, <laughs> um, uh, up his sleeve, like he did against Roma. Some tactical brilliance that he can pull out of his pocket and and figure out a way to beat. Spalletti, but at the moment, um, yeah, no, this this really, I can't see anything but a, a Napoli win. But everybody keeps saying, oh, yeah, but Napoli do this every year, and especially the Napoli fans who are very, very yeah. uh, um, superstitious. superstitious. Yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> no, 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 let's not talk about it. Let's not talk about it. But, you know, at least, at least they, they are enjoying their football at the moment. They are a delight to watch. And, yeah, and, and maybe this year, because there's two starts to the season, you know, maybe they'll they'll do it again, um, mm -hmm. you know, but yeah. Yeah, we'll see. All we'll see. to be seen. It's a great, Absolutely. it's a great Serie A competition though, this season anyway. It's, I think there's uh, some quality matches to be seen. And oh, I think uh, when you look at last night's, sorry to interrupt Nima, but the, you know, the Roma derby was a bit of a letdown, I've got to say. The, the, the Juve Inter match was pretty much a mirror image of it. You know, if Roma, you, if Roma and Lazio, you know, kind of um, 
started well and then just you know faded off in the end there was, there was just no chances at all and the opposite can be said for the Juve match where you know the first half was pretty much just into dominating and not scoring and then you know the second half was end to end so yeah I don't know I enjoyed yeah. the uh, the Juve Inter match a lot more than I did the Roma derby <laughs> that's just personal yeah but anyway yeah no no I, I agree with you I think it was a better game but the atmosphere at the Stadio Olimpico was just unbelievable oh, yeah. it was the it's something that we've seen this season in the city which i really like the fact that the fans are coming back in droves it's so and, true and we think and we're seeing capacity crowds uh, uh pretty much all the i mean napoli roma lazio inter milan you not you of course because they you know they've not their fans have been depressed for most of the season but yeah um but but yeah no i think it's really interesting i mean i thought i saw, I saw a stat about how lecce sold something like 60 percent of uh, like sixty percent of the their the stadium capacity in yep. season tickets, um, so I mean it's it's been a fantastic season. And the traveling kind of... supporters, I mean a lot of the the, the Lecce supporters travel really yeah. well. Salernitana, yeah. they're incredible. Salernitana, they? absolutely. I mean That's there was really good, I think it was fifteen hundred um, Lecce supporters that went to Udine on Friday night. You know, like they're the the furthest away as far yeah. as <laughs> geographical positions in Italy are concerned. You know, from from Lecce to Udine, it's a, it's a long way, and yet, you know, they they all came up. So, yeah, no, that's good to see, definitely. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you so much for coming on, Marco. And if people want to find you, um, where can they find you on social media, if you're still on Twitter and so on? And you did mention which games you're commentating, so yeah. I won't ask you again. No, no. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, if, if Twitter is still alive <laughs> well it's been eventful i know well i think it's the only uh, social media i've got at the moment um so it's it's standing on its last legs i think it's going to run mean, it to the ground pretty pretty soon but you know if you still manage to it's to like send me a message at this, point, at this point when we're recording it it's still alive it's still alive okay good 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 okay well we'll see how many weeks that will last but it's um marco 27 marco 27 pretty easy mm. Thank you so much for coming on, Marco. Um, we'll definitely would love to have you back on soon and take care of yourself. No worries at all, Nima. Thanks a lot, everyone. Good to speak to you. Ciao, ciao. Take care. Ciao. Right. Let's um, let's talk about uh, let's talk a little bit deeper um, about the um, the Juve game. Um, I, I want to talk. I want to talk a little bit about Denzel Dumfries as well because I think this this you know it's. It has to be spoken about. We know what a technically limited player he is, um, but that that sitter to me is it's it's not as bad as Gagliardini's against Bologna, but to me that and in 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 descending order that's the worst miss last night. That that conditioned the game, and then you go to to uh, Edin Dzeko, uh, who. <sighs> It's not his fault at 36, 37 that he's a starting number nine at Inter, but he plays in slow motion, um, and it's 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 his ball his ball his his ball touch his his control of the ball was atrocious, um, and and he's so slow, but and then of course we have Lautaro who had two three chances where he didn't you know he got only got one on target. It's I mean he is a world I think you know of course nobody wants to sell Lautaro we think he's a world class player. But I do question if it, I'm starting to have, you know, s- starting to have doubts whether or not he he ever will be the main man in an attack or if he's one of those players 
who is at his best when he's got another person next to him who is the main man. I'm keen to hear what you think. What you think about that, uh, Mo? Um, yeah, look, I I think we we've uh, spoken about Lautaro uh, before. Uh, I I think we we disagree. I I agree in that. I think he's he needs someone who next to him. He's not uh, he's not uh, the sole number nine at all. His physique, his uh, style of play, his positioning, all lends itself to him playing off of another taller striker, target person, maybe. But that doesn't mean that doesn't mean he's not the main man. I think I, I mm. I'm with the. Uh, I, I'm with, uh, with Marco. With, yeah, with Marco and with the general consensus, I think that, and I think also you, you're not, you're not writing him off. But no, I, no, no. I, I really do believe that he's, he's, he's a very special talent, and maybe it's not going to be translated into 30-ish goals or 25-plus goals this season. But I think he can hit over. I mean, in in the league alone, but I think he can hit 20. I think his ceiling is 20 to 25. And if he does that for for two or three seasons, still, it would be a very very strong showing for Inter. And, and yeah, no, I I I I I rate him I rate him a lot. And yeah, do you want me to talk about the Dumfries as well? Or uh, yeah, or I mean, to, I want to uh, hear what you think about that. I mean, it's not much to say because it's. I mean, I, I, I just look. I I agree. The guy is technically limited. I think he's an amazing player. He's he's the best. Right back we've had since uh, uh, since Mikeon, uh Hakimi and uh, Cancelo, notwithstanding, you know, because they truly are world class players, and we were very lucky to have both of them for just one season, but they were never really ours. <clears throat> so I think uh, he's definitely the best right back that we've had, right wing back, right back, right whatever. Uh, I really feel bad for him because that miss yesterday, the screen grab. Uh, on Twitter, that's been doing the rounds, really doesn't do it justice. You know, he 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 did really well to get to that ball, uh, and he's not a striker, so I, I feel bad. It's a terrible miss. Of course, it's a terrible miss. Had it been uh, Lautaro or Zeko in that position, it, it would have been egregious. It would have been absolute, you know, uh, scandal. But I just, I really think he's hard done by that screen grab. It's, it's. I, I, I load him more for being putting himself in that position uh, than uh, the miss, which is very unfortunate. But like you said, it kind of really set the tone to the get to the game. Once that once he missed that ball, you knew this is this is not Inter's night. You know, it was one of those nights. Mm. Um, they don't call him Mr. Positivity for nothing. Uh, right. Uh, I want to I want to ask you, uh, Jake. I mean, you did say before the game you were you were you were angry. So so please feel free to uh, to, to rage away. <laughs> I'm really glad you brought this up actually because I've just been reading over my piece before we came on and I've absolutely slated Denzel <laughs> so I'm really well maybe not slated I had to doctor it a little bit uh, I'm going to be honest I, I thought he was an absolute sitter I've, I, I've been at the time I was angry and I think I, I listened to some of the comments that have been made this, when you know, we've been discussing it with Marco I think it's really clear and really obvious to see that Inter's problem in these games come down to the substitution the manager makes sometimes. He makes a few tactical errors. But it's down to the fact they can't score. There's no brutality. If you look at the way that Inter performed in the Scudetto winning season, the players scoring all those big chances 
was Romelu Lukaku. You took him away last season. They had the same problem last season in, in the derby games that ended up sort of twisting into the season and costing the league yeah. title. And this year, they just can't score big goals. Lautaro missed two pretty basic chances. But Denzel's, you know, I wonder sometimes if, you know, on one day, if somebody hadn't watched him and persevered with him, would he even have been a professional footballer at all? Because the the way he runs sometimes, his touch of the ball is vile. I mean, mm. I, I rate him as a as a player. I, I see the qualities that he brings. I'm not trying to, for one second, disrespect him in terms of his ability. He's, he's offered a lot to him. So I think in, in games he's looked good. But at, at times, at his worst, he looks woeful. You know, one thing that I picked up on uh, in, in my piece is what really frustrates me a bit about him yesterday is his tendency to drift inside, you know, when you there were sitting back. You think, Denzel, you're absolutely rapid. You've got strength. You're very direct when you get running with the ball. Just be brave and have a run. Instead, he, he was getting the ball into his feet. He was bouncing off him a little bit. He was turning around and passing it back, killing the impetus. He just looked woefully out of form to me. I, I, I genuinely would just take him out of the team for a little bit. And I think, I'd, I, you know, it might not be popular, but I'd potentially look at putting Darmy on there for a couple of games or even give Bellanova a bit of a shout. So I, I think where he's concerned, it's a bit of a sort of a calling to sort of move him back. And, you know, you talk about Jekko, but, you know, you, you sum up really well, don't you? I think he's almost a victim of circumstance. If Darky yeah. was fit, he wouldn't be playing. You know, he'd just be a squad player because on the ball, I mean, it's like he's running through treacle. You know, he's so, so slow and cumbersome and it costs him to breaking down attacks. I said after probably the Almar, you know, just hook him, get Correa on, you know, because as much as he's a good threat in the box, you know, in the area he can finish, he's proven that even this season. He's just such a hindrance to a team. For to me... It, it's like, sorry to interrupt you, but like, I think it was, do you remember? I think it was the, the, the cartoon I'm referring to is Zootropolis. Do you remember, the, do you remember those sloths who are working in the like Department of Motor Vehicles? Like how they, that, that's how Edin Dzeko moves on the pitch. It's in ultra slow motion. It, it's, I mean, compared to the other players, that's how it looks. It's genuinely painful now. And, and I'm reading, I don't know how much, how much, to, to put into this these reports, that they're seriously considering extending this man's contract beyond when it expires this summer. That's that's lunacy. Yeah. Well, especially when you think about the wage that he'll be being paid as well for a player who yeah. holds, you know, next season, Lukaku was signed into have got to buy a Premier striker in the summer. Whether they bring Lukaku back or they bring... Marcus Turam, for the love of God. Yeah. Marcus Turam, the player Inter should have bought if if he hadn't gotten injured and would have bought had he not been injured and we wouldn't have to deal with this glorified futsal player slash asado chef slash webcam model named Joaquin Correa standing there and annoying me every goddamn game. Um, so it's he he's the player Inter should have bought and now he's turned into one of the best one of the best number nines in the Bundesliga. He's scoring for fun. His contract expires in June. Move heaven and earth to get him. Like that's all I'm gonna say. And and let Lukaku go back to Chelsea. I'm sorry. I'm I'm, I'm I was I'm glad we got into that because I wanted to ask you. I'm done with. I'm 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 sorry, but I I don't think we'll ever see the Lukaku we saw under Conte at Inter. I honestly don't think so. I think we will see. I think he will. He'll score his goals, but he'll never be that player again. I, I mean, I, I think it was Sheridan who said last week that if you take into consideration how many years he's played football since he was 15, 16, I think it was, I can't remember. 
and then you take into and and you think that it's been like almost 14 15 years of playing at that high level that takes a lot of out of a body and i i don't think I, i hope i'm wrong i hope this comes to bite me in the ass but i don't think i don't think i am i i have serious doubts whether romelu lukaku will ever be able to play at the level he played at Inter those two seasons before he moved to Chelsea. I honestly have serious doubts about that. And and I wonder, and that's why I'm thinking, cut your losses, send him back to Chelsea, not your problem. It's it's a paid loan. You don't have an option. Send him back to Chelsea and uh, and, and bring in Marcus Turam. Go all in on Marcus Turam. That's, 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 those are my two cents. So well, what do you think about that, Michael? Mike, what do you think about that? And And also, I want to hear your take on on the the Juve game as well. Um, I I don't uh, like look. Lukaku's been injured, so I don't I don't want to I don't want to speculate what we should do until we get Lukaku back after World Cup and and see where he's at. Um, you know, see how he does at World Cup, and then I would make a more you know dis- a better decision at that point. Um, look, he's injured right now. So and before he was injured, and uh, I think he wasn't at the the level he was at two years ago, but potentially still um you know close to that level now i will say is that a couple of years ago when we when we won the scudetto you know lukaku i the way i looked at it was was two out of every three games lukaku would have a good game and then that third game he wouldn't have a good game and lotaro would always pick him up and that's what i thought lotaro was he was that perfect complimentary striker and has he done well as the the guy the last two years not as much as i would hope he would be but he's done well he's kind of like the player where where he's like a really 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 good striker for a mid-table club but like he's a good striker for a very good club if he's the guy so that's where i kind of stand on that i want to see them play a little bit more uh, after world cup together and see where they're at hopefully lukaku was healthy i don't think we're there yet as um as for the Juve game, you know, quickly, what, what I'll say is, look, uh, we had those three chances that should have, you know, one of those chances has to go in. And if you're not going to score one of those chances, then you're not going to win the game. Uh, I'm not going to really blame Lotaro because, you know, it was a really good shot. He just missed it by a couple inches. I'm not really going to blame Jekyll for his missed chance because, you know, it was deflected right before he went to head it. So it was it's really hard to kind of def- change the motion of your head uh, when you're getting given like, you know, a tenth of a second to, to kind of change that motion. So I don't really blame him, but I'm going to blame Dumfries. Like, come on. I don't even know what the hell he was even doing up there playing like a speaker almost. Like he's playing at, on the wing and he's literally literally a center forward. I don't know if it was like, I was trying to watch it back again and figure out how the hell he ended up there. It would have been nice if it was, if it was someone else because I'm sure nine of our other players would have scored that goal. But uh, yeah, come on, you gotta you gotta put that in. I know he's not technically gifted, but still, um, that really once once that happened, I kind of had that, that bad feeling in your in your stomach that you know you've had these three chances already, and you're probably not gonna get another one like this. And sure enough, that's what happened. Um, and then, as good as Bedell has been the last month uh, on on that Juve the Juve counterattack, he was horrible on it. Like he he should have been he should have he should have been he should have fouled him. I understand that. Yeah, exactly. Have, like take that's when you take turn. the yellow card. Take the that's tactical the foul. I'm not sure if he's like on a he was on a suspension or I don't I don't know what his card count is mm-hmm. right now, but that's that's a that is a classic just grab his foul. Because he not only did he lose possession right away, but he didn't follow 
Um, I think it was Kostic. I think yeah, it was. Kostic outran him. Kostic outpaced him. That, yeah, that's you how can't, that counter attack started. Yeah. And once you realize that's going to happen, you just take the foul at, at half and take your yellow card and, and move on. And uh, he failed to do that. I'm not look. He's been great for us the last month. I know he had a really slow start to the season, but he really picked it up the last six weeks. And you know, I, I expected him to do better, and it just it was a kind of a mental error that for, for him not to stop that counter. So look, I mean, Kili- remember the Euro 2000, the Euro 2020 final, Kellini on Saka. Like, what? Well, come on, just do something. <laughs> Do something to stop. If, if you don't have the pace to stay with them, then you know you have a job to do. And yeah. That, that, that's something that I know playing soccer in, in men's league in, in Canada. Like, if a guy's going to get past you and you are seeing... You don't a, let him go past uh, you. I'm not saying do anything, like, physical, but pulling his shirt, pulling his jersey, like Kilini did to Saka. Like, that no, is... No, no, Take the legs though, too. <laughs> Why don't you? <laughs> Jesus Christ, Mike. No, but seriously, like, like, be a bit more furbo. That's the thing I like. That's what I wanted to get to as well. And and it kind of segues into the next question. I wanted to start with you, Mo. I feel this Inter lacks a bit. They're they're nice boys. They're nice guys. There's there's none of that. Sorry for my French, but the dickhead. There's no dickheads in this team. There's no mean bastards in this team. Everyone's like Simone Inzaghi. They're good boys. They're good people. We need Matarazzi. Yes, the Materazzi, the, the douchebag, the douchebag that that you know, yeah, that that, that stops it, that, that 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 other teams are afraid of, and I think that's a reflection well, of Simone Inzaghi. Yeah, I mean, I've been saying this from the very beginning. My critique of Simone Inzaghi is that this guy, I don't know if he has the the killer instinct to really, or or the desire to do anything for a for for a victory that uh, that is required of a manager. To uh, to win the league, so yeah, you're you're absolutely right. I think, I mean, there are some bad boys on the on, on the team, but I, I think the general at, the general attitude of the squad is, you know, let's in go, go in do our job and not be cynical about it, and let's play good football, and that's that's all that counts. And it's it, it doesn't cut it. It doesn't cut it. There needs to be an edge to to the side. This is the inter DNA. You know, whenever we've won, we've won because. We were a, a physical, strong side that mm. uh, outmuscled other teams. Uh, were were tough at the back and just cynical. There's there's no cynicism. Mm. No, I mean what I mean by 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 like Materazzi, Cordova, Zlatan when he was at Inter was it was a horrible. He was a dickhead, and but but you yeah, wanted yeah, him. Yeah. yeah, do you know what I mean? Like this is what I want. You know, Lucio was a was a was a giant douche on the pitch. Like the, these kinds of players is is and and I feel Skriniar is great and he works hard, but they're all nice. They're too nice, you know. Like yeah. there's no, it, it, I, you need to have this 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 guy that the everyone else fears. You know the the Roy Keens, the Vieras. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not just physical physicality. Oh, it's also absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it's it is what it is. Right. Um. I just just briefly uh just before we go on. I mean, there's been a lot of talk about you know Simone Inzaghi immediately. Simone in, Simone out. Um. I. I mean, I. I don't want to rehash that again, but because it's there's no point. There's you know we we're not you know it's Inter Inter can't afford to sack him, and there are no 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 options uh, viable options there to replace him. But I do wonder if this could be the last season we see with Simone Inzaghi at Inter. Um. Whether if he feels that you know either you back me or I'm out. Or, or if he, or, or if if a new owner comes in, or or if if they just decide they want to go in a different direction, I don't know. Um, 
I know he just signed a contract extension, but I don't know. I'm starting to feel that I don't want it to happen because I think it would be a mistake. But do you do you guys feel I'll start with you, Mike, and then I'll go to Jake and Mo quickly. Do you guys think that this could be the beginning of the end for Simone at at Inter? I hope so. I hope certainly hope not. Uh, I hope not. Uh, I think it depends on on what our finish is. If we if we miss say Champions League this year, then I I would I would agree. I think that is very possible. Um, but say if Inter kind of rebounds and they finish second or third, I don't I don't think it's realistic to 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 go for. I mean to think that Scudetto is going to be a realistic uh, goal at this point because of how well Napoli's playing. But um, if if Inter rebounds well and you know they finish second or third and you know. Are they are at least you know in in that conversation, and they're not losing these big games down the stretch um, because we've lost pretty much every big game this year so far. So if he can rebound and and at least make make the ending respectable, then no, of course not. I think I think we we stick st- we stick with it and we ride it and we we keep going because I can't I hate breaking you know these projects take time. You can they're not yeah. things that you just do it over one or two years. You need like three, four, five years to kind of see things through because it doesn't just, you just don't build things overnight. So I'm a, I've always been someone who likes to stick out with stick, stick with a coach uh, through the bad times and, and let things go. Uh, I don't, unless like we finished like sixth place and it was just an embarrassment back to the Europa League, then I think we would cons- you know, consider that an option. But at this point um, I've just, you know, give it, give it till April until we, a little more clear in our uh, in our heads. Quickly, uh, Jake Mo, uh, starting with you, Jake, about Simona. Like, are you? What do you think? It's almost as if you've sort of had a bit of a read through my piece before I've actually even had a chance to. <laughs> I haven't uh, seen it. Honestly, you've you've not sent it to me, have you? <laughs> no, I've not. No, I <laughs> second thing now, but uh, no, it's a bit of a funny one. I, I can only see it going wrong from this point. I think. An early departure of the Champions League. If Porto were to beat Inter, and after, you know, and Inter had a really bad sort of run in the league, I think he'd go before the end of the season. I really do. Ooh. I don't see any sort of notable replacement. There's no one I look at, and I think, yeah, definitely get him in. There's, there's no one I'd replace him with. I don't really see the point. And the the picture around the club is so much bigger for the reason why things have not really gone to plan since the Scudetto win. I mean, to me personally, that should be a platform to see Inter go on and sort of hold their own at the top of the table. Inter should have won the league last year. They've got a better squad than Milan. It's simple as that. This season, mm-hmm. I don't think they should be that much further away either. You know, they should be really challenging for the title. So they are underachieving a little bit, but part of that is down to the fact that recruitment's not been brilliant. I do think a little bit parts of the squad are slightly stale, perhaps, as well. You know, that would benefit from a new coach, perhaps. But it, you know, it, it, it's anyway. I, I, I could talk about this for ages. I, I think Inzaghi himself, I'd be happy for him to stay. But I really do think there's a sort of distinct possibility that he'll drop a new manager in the summer. I really do. Mm. What about you, Mo? Do you think that this could be the beginning of the end? And I'm, I'm not saying that he should be sacked or will be sacked, but that he could. This they will part ways in the summer. What do you think? <clears throat> I think if uh, new ownership comes in, then for sure. My problem with Inzaghi is I am not getting. Uh, I think I'm, I'm. I have the biggest bone to pick with Inzaghi amongst all of us, despite being the optimist here. My problem with Inzaghi is I don't know if he has a clearly defined project with goals attached to it. Like I don't know what he wants. He, he's he's not a Conte or a Mourinho or a whoever. 
where it's we're, I'm here to win trophies. We must win our trophy. He hasn't he hasn't come out and said I'm, I want to win a trophy. He hasn't come out and said our our goal is to win a trophy. Victory is not what he's in for. He hasn't told us he wants to create a winning cycle. He hasn't told us this, he's, that he's re rebuilding the team and his own vision. He's got this footballing philosophy. He hasn't done that either. And he hasn't come out and said that there's a certain style of play that he's looking to implement for a certain reason. All he's, all he's done is come in, implement a very nice, interesting kind of football that's a bit more free-flowing than Conte and just gone with the flow. So this is my biggest bone to pick with, with Inzaghi. He needs to stand for something. He doesn't stand for something. And, and ironically, when we get to the Moratti of the Week, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what my Moratti of the Week is. But at this point in time, this is my biggest bone to pick with inside. So if new management comes in with new funds, as long as Marotta's in charge, I hope that they bring in a manager with a clear identity or sit down with Inzaghi and allow him to freely express himself. Yeah. Maybe, maybe Inzaghi is constrained by the financial exactly. uh, realities of the club that he's not able to communicate a certain vision that he'd love to emulate. I don't know. I don't know. But That's a really that interesting case, point. That's a really yeah. interesting point. Because the Canio was, was talking about that Inzaghi's communication yesterday on Sky Culture, that his communication, yeah. he doesn't like his communication with the players. Yeah. So that's that's where I stand. I think I'm probably the the, the most amongst the four of us who would be uh, okay with him, with parting ways with Inzaghi as long as a, a replacement comes in. I definitely don't want to see a Tuchel or a Klopp or a, any of those new fancy fancy managers coming uh, coming to the club. These guys are not into DNA, you know. Ugly, Conceição or Juric. Conceição. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the dream is uh, always uh, Simeone, you know. Let's see, uh, but yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think I think uh, Il Cholo needs uh, needs uh, a, a new uh, project. Yes, he does. Definitely can't. Yeah, he does. It, it's getting quite stale at uh, the Metropolitana. So yeah. that yeah. would be a, a match made in heaven. We want to talk oh, about dickheads and assholes. Are you kidding me? No. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Are you kidding me? That man on the I, I die. I look. I pray in the church of yeah. Cholis. Everybody knows this. You don't need to sell yeah, yeah. El Cholo to me. <laughs> are you kidding me? I mean, but this is this is what I mean. Even even if there are financial constraints on the club, Conte went out and threw a tantrum, a, an entire fit after you know a, a, achieving the best the best finish for Inter. He knew he had he had delivered the goods. Europa League final, second in the league. He came out and threw a huge tantrum, put put the management on on check. You get me this, you get me that, or else I'm going. This sucks. This is absolute, you know. And Jang had to come in and fly and uh, do the appeasement uh, <laughs> uh, appeasement uh, treaty, and and lo and behold, we win the Scudetto next season. This is what Simone Inzaghi lacks. He lacks an identity. He lacks. Uh, 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 he doesn't stand for anything. He stands for nothing. This no, he's too much. I know what you mean. He's a bit, a little bit too much of a company man. You watch, uh, you watch uh, the Auto Goal uh, cartoons of Simone Inzaghi, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's always a uh, hey, grazie, mister, grazie, grazie, unio. You know, this is uh, Limone, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I know what you mean. He's, he's, he's a very, you know, that's true. But I, I just want him to be a little bit more assertive. I actually think that tactically and footballing-wise, he does stand for something. I think the problem is his communication. 
I think communication is he's he's not clear in how he wants to communicate. He's not clear with the players what he expects of them, I think. And I think a lot of the hesitancy comes from that. And I think he needs to improve because when you're coaching at the top level, because uh, I think he is a top class coach, I think communication is incredibly important. Right. Uh, about the Bayern game, there's only ever one only one talking point. And I want to go straight to you, Michael, uh, about that, because there's been a lot of, you know, Sadio Mane's handball. From what I've understood, and you get to you get you correct me if I'm wrong, Sadio Mane, the ball hits Sadio Mane, clear, clear and simple. He protects his face, clear and simple. It's it hits his face. Uh, the the VAR asks the referee to look at it because they think that the ball, because of the hand movement towards the ball, there's uh, that that it should be an offense. But the law of the game also states that if you protect your face as a as a reflex, it's not an infringement, and it doesn't take into consideration the distance. Uh, uh, of of the situation, even though they talk about a player being close to a situation, can you explain a little bit on that? Yeah. So so what happened here was it was uh, a shot where Mane is trying to protect himself. Okay, I think we can all agree that's what he's doing. So I think the, in, the intent of that situation is that he's not trying to make himself bigger to prevent the ball from going towards target. We we know that, and I think that's very important here. Um, so the distance is less important than the reaction time for how long mm-hmm. Sadio Mane has to react to it and make a decision of what he's doing. And it's not that wow. long, you know, you could try to look at it real time. It's, I don't know, it's, you're, you're talking about milliseconds here. So it's very, very hard for him to get his way, get his hand out of the way of where the, the ball was going, especially because he was just trying to protect himself. So when you are looking at handball, there's, you know, the important factors are reaction time, which is very important. And obviously he didn't have the much reaction time. Was he making himself bigger? No, he was not doing that. And what's also very important here is that what happens with the ball if, if he, if it doesn't hit his hand. And I think what the referees decided and it looks like what the referee decided he was making a gesture of after he made the call was that if it doesn't hit his hand it's likely going to hit it's going to hit his face so there's no advantage of of the Ah. ball hitting it so that's very important too the only the only thing that you could really argue on the other side is that he did move his hand towards the ball after it was kicked, but there's almost no reaction time. It's not like he was trying to prevent a goal or anything. So uh, there's just too many factors against it. And as as much as I would have loved to have Inter get a penalty there, uh, I mean, if this game meant something, maybe my biasness would have came into play. And <laughs> but as soon as it happened, you know, as soon as it happened, I was, you know, thinking right away. There's no, there's no chance he has to, to really prevent himself from doing that any type of defender would do the same thing yeah. and his hands just were just were in the same same size of his body they weren't outstretched so i think cool. the, the referees made the right call here and 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 uh, what can you do like it's just that's just uh we've had some bad decisions against us but i don't think this was this was uh the wrong one yeah i mean there's not much to say about that and on the topic of the champions league porto into drawn porto and that's obviously the main talking point um uh, and I mean that that that's it's probably, I mean for me Benfica would have been a better. I would have preferred Benfica because as I said, I mean I think Sergio Conceição and his style of football don't suit Inter that well. I think Inter struggle against teams that that um, are that the play that deep and that compact um, 
and 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 I think that's that's the only thing. But other than that, you can't have any complaints, surely, Jake. I mean, we can't have any complaints about that draw. And and I want to go to start with you, and then Mo, and then Michael. Just what, what chances do you give Inter to go through? They got a really good chance to go through. I think one thing that is worth mentioning as well is that they have the home tie first. I think that's really important with the away goal rule not having a factor anymore. If you can start well get a comfortable sort of cushion it makes the away tie a little bit easier I think you know I, I watched the draw live today and uh, I've never really done that before but uh, I had a bit of free time uh, <laughs> between teaching the pupils I hope none of the kids are actually listening to any of this uh, <laughs> just remarking their books really but no I did I watched it live and I looked at the teams that took a draw and I thought well you know let's try and avoid some of the big boys and they managed to do that you know you don't want to see them playing PSG or anything like that so you know, we did that last year, playing against Liverpool, gave a good account of themselves. But ultimately, I think it will be real progress to see Inter go beyond this round of 16 stage. I've, I've put at the end of this week's piece, I'm really plugging this week, aren't I? But uh, <laughs> I've put at the end of this week's piece that is a top four finish and progressing to the quarterfinals and beyond the Champions League a good season. You know, it's it's worth questioning. I think they've got a really good chance of getting through. They couldn't have got a much easier draw not that there is such thing as easy draws but they are very favourable I think a promising start 2-0 at home I'd really fancy them to progress mm, I, think that's fair. I think it's a 50-50 tie personally what about you Mo? Ah, I was just going to say 50-50 ah great minds <laughs> what about you and I mean it's impossible to say now the game's going to be play, played in February it's just but I think just looking at this I think it's 50-50 but on a personal level I would you know Mehdi Taremi Iranian striker the best Iranian football player of all time if you ask me um, and of course Serge Konseysar who I have a ginormous bromance with uh, so yeah I would have liked to avoid them but what about you Mike what, what, are, you, what, are, what are your thoughts I don't forget about the Canadian on Porto named Eustachio. He's actually pretty good too. So, I mean, he's not a... Okay. Canadian, <laughs> Representing been, Canada. Him, yeah, we've been watching him, like, uh, we've watched him a lot the last the last uh, year or so, and he's been playing really well for them. So, uh, I know him I know him very well, and, and it's going to be really exciting to watch interplay against him. Um, uh, I would give them slightly... A Canadian, above- a Canadian and an Iranian. This is not good. It's, yeah. <laughs> not a good thing for yeah, both of us. Like, yeah, it's a weird, weird. I mean, he's Portuguese, but he's you know he plays for the Canadian national team and everything. Super, so it's like, uh, yeah, no, I've watched him. I watched him play a lot. I mean, does I mean, do we really have to play against Pepe? Like, oh my God, the guy's a forty-year-old defender, and and we're gonna be be playing against him at the back there. So that's gonna be really really interesting. But I think uh, I give us a little bit better of a chance, maybe maybe fifty-five, sixty percent chance at going through. Uh, but I mean, look, look, we've had some really shit draws over the last ten years. <laughs> yes. So. Listen, we we got and we got a really shit draw in uh, the group stage, and we we powered through it. So, so let's take advantage of this and and get and get through the channel. I mean, to be honest, I would have I wouldn't have mind playing against uh, a Liverpool or Tottenham just because I I fucking hate those teams so much, and and they're not. I don't think they're as good as as good as uh, as PSG or or uh, Real Madrid and City. Those are the other two options or three options that would have been horrible. But I mean, Benfica and Porto were really. Our best, uh, our best options, and we got it. So let's take advantage of it and 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 do something. Actually, make the quarterfinals. You know, all the Italian teams are still in alive in Europe. So let's do something about it. And hopefully, hopefully they all keep going on right now, and and uh, not not just Inter, but but everybody. Yeah, uh, for sure. Uh, before we go to uh, the Moji Moratti and Frog of the Week, we got to talk about the upcoming games. We've uh, Bologna at home. 
uh, you look, if we think they can't win that game, then, then we've got, I mean, there's not much to talk about. Uh, Bologna are a decent side. Marco Arnautovic, we know what he can do. He did it against Inter, the, you know, the, in, that, in that infamous game, Radu Gate, as it's gone down in Inter, Inter history as. So I don't want to dwell too much on that. I just think, you know, that's, that's got to be an easy three points. But I do want to focus on the lunch match game. <laughs> lunch match game away at Bergamo against Atalanta. Away, big match. Direct rival, and does anything Mo? Now, now you got to work for your Mister Positivity low title here. Is there anything that suggests at all that Inter can even get away with a point at Atalanta on a lunch on a lunch match game at the Givis on a Sunday? So, <clears throat> yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No. I, I, yeah. I, I think. I think ultimately. Uh, the game, the game in uh, Turin was not that bad. I think uh, the first half Inter played quite well. Um, I think, I think it's going to be a draw. I think uh, our trips to Bergamo haven't been as uh, shitty as they they historically have been as of late. I can't off the top of my head. This is just a gut feeling, but I remember Inter doing quite well in the last year or four seasons, un- uncharacteristically compared to historically when it was one of the most torrid. Uh, uh, away trips, um, yeah. No, I just I, I I think I hope that the team is slowly really building something up. I think the the clearly the Bayern game should not count or factor in any sort of form or 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 or, or uh, you know macro sort of uh, calculations. And the Juve game was a blip. I mean, had any of those chances been scored in the first half, something would have you know. For sure, the result would have ended up differently. So I kind of remain and maintain some, you know, some semblance of uh, optimism here. I don't necessarily think that uh, we're going to win, but we we could easily come back with a point at least, and and that could be enough to break the duck of uh, big away games, uh, big away games that we lose. So that's that's what I'm hoping for: a win against Bologna, scoring win, hopefully a clean sheet. Onana gets uh, his confidence back. And then at least a draw uh, against uh, Atalanta. Um, give me a prediction for Bologna and Atalanta. Then, who? What's the result, and what's uh, who's going to score? Let's say two uh, 0 against uh, Bologna with uh, Lautaro Barella scoring, and then a two-two against uh, Atalanta. Brozovic finally gets back and uh, scores, and uh, Correa for just for you. <laughs> nice trolling Jake what about you uh, Bologna and Atalanta what are you thinking well before I get into this if there ever comes a time in my life where I'm about to be sacked from a job or I receive some serious terminal illness news please can Mohamed Nassau be the person who delivers that news to me because he makes everything seem better <laughs> nicer than what it is. positivity. Did, I, I just <laughs> laughed to myself then when he when he started talking about the Atlanta game because I've absolutely no faith in that game at all. I really don't. I think a draw would be a really good result. I think I, I'm never going to predict Inter to lose because that's not human. I can't do that. Um, but I think a, a high scoring draw might be a possibility given the way that. Atalanta like to play. I think the two-two draw in that game. I, I, I do. I think Inter will show some battle because 
I think they'll beat Bologna quite comfortably. It'll give them a bit of confidence. They'll beat Bologna 3-0. Pretty straightforward win, but it's going to take a lot for them to beat Atalanta. I think the game yesterday wasn't a bad performance. Like Mo said, I think Inter were probably better than Juve. It's simply the fact that you know Atalanta is so full on, so full of energy. They're getting into space a little bit. And you know, I like what you were touching on before, Neymar. I don't think they've got the chops at times and the real sort of nous and grinta, to borrow that phrase, to fight to win games like this. So I'm going to be optimistic and I think, you know, 2-2 draw and I think they'll beat Bologna quite comfortably and they'll win 2 or 3-0. I'll say 3-0. Mm, love that. Mike, what about you? Well, let's look at um, let's look at Bologna first because their last four games were they beat Torino, they beat Monza, they beat Lecce, and they gave Napoli a good run, probably almost as good as anyone else this year. Where they were actually, they were they, were, they lost three two, but they were they played them really hard. I remember watching that game. So um, they've look, they've got three straight wins, and they and then they played Napoli very well. So let's not think this is going to be some pushover. Let's take it easy here. Worry about one at a time. I don't think it's going to be a pushover. I think this game is going to be two one Inter. But I don't think, uh, like, when teams on on a run like this, it's, it's no team to be uh, really taking taking lightly. So I think that game will be a little bit harder than than uh, than what it should be. But um, as for Atalanta, I'm, I was actually going to say two two with with you guys. So uh, the only exception would be uh, Gosens comes on off the bench and scores and a late equalizer, hopefully against his old team. So that's uh, I, I I'm. I think they're overachieving a little bit at Atalanta this year. I know how good they've been the last four or five years, but I think they're overachieving just a little bit. Um, but I, do I agree think, with that. Uh, I, yeah, I'm just like, I'm not, I, I, agree I feel with like that. they've lost, they've lost these, these really good players that were so important to their team and they really just keep on getting the same results. So I'm just a little confused on, on why they keep on doing this. Maybe it's Gasparini. I, I don't, I don't know, but um, I think they're just overachieving. I don't expect them to, to finish top four, but they're, I think they're third place Me right either. now. So, just give it, I think, give it some time, and uh, they will crash down to earth and, and play in Europa League next year. But uh, I do think this is, uh, it's our last game before World Cup. So if, hopefully, hopefully, and I really don't, I really hope, and I'll get this into to Moji afterwards. I don't know what the expectations are from these World Cup teams with get, get, having their players being rested beforehand. Uh, I don't know what uh, I think we've got a, a handful of players playing at the World Cup and at the lot might have a couple as well. But um, I, I don't know what's going to happen with resting players in their last game. But hopefully we won't have to do that. No, for sure. Uh, there's no way. There's no way that that's going to happen. And the, the clubs would, would lose it. Would imp- like, no, no, I can't imagine that would happen. Uh, Bologna, I, I agree with most of you. We've got to win that 2-0. Two, two I, think, I think Lautaro will score and, and Dumfries as well. Try to redeem himself. And then against Atalanta, I'm praying that I don't think we're going to see Lukaku uh, before before January, but um, I, I I I can't see him to winning that. I think it's going to end in a in a one-one draw or a goalless draw. I just can't see him to winning that. I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. Right, um, let's move to the part of the show where we pay tribute, rip the piss out of, and criticize someone or something heavily in the world of football. Starting with the positivity, which will be presented by this week's Morati, which will be presented by Mr. Positivity himself, Mr. Mohammed Nas. He works a lot. He's intelligent, and 
we surprise uh, people sometimes with these uh, ideas. Not easy to find one person of this uh, quality. Yeah, so after railing on uh, Inzaghi for uh, the bulk of my, uh, my talk uh, uh, through the episode, um, I think actually, and contrary to what Di Canio was saying in, um, on, on Sky, was it? I can't remember, but uh, I think for yeah, the first Sky. time, Sky. Uh, yeah, one of the losses against the big teams, I think for the first time, Inzaghi showed me, or I mean, he still didn't get worked up and angry, but I liked what he said. Let's not speak about luck. We need to do more. For the first time, I felt like this guy is dissatisfied mm. with just playing well. You know, we're playing well. You know, so so for me, uh, despite the result, despite me blaming him ultimately for the state that the, the team is in at the moment, I think maybe this is you know this like a seedling or a sprouting of something from a seed. Uh, of something that might uh, develop into uh, a bit of a backbone for Inzaghi that can then transform this team for the second part of the season. So that's my, my Moratti of the week, his post-match interview. I love that, because that, that part absolutely resonated with me as well. When they said, don't you think it's bad luck? It's like, no, I'm not going to say that. We just need to do better. To say, I don't like to talk about bad luck. We just need to do better. I love that. I really like that as well. Right, let's move on to something much more negative. This week's Modji, which we presented by Mr. Michael Gallo. <laughs> All right, so everyone knows I'm from Canada, and I already just brought this up with you uh, mentioning Eustachio on Porto about um, about Inter playing Porto. And uh, look, there's something, you know, we're really excited in this country about playing in the World Cup for the first time since 1986. Uh, back in the day where we scored zero goals and got zero wins, didn't tie a game, um, and Canada has been waiting 36 years for another chance to get back into the World Cup. I was born that year in 1986, and I wasn't able to enjoy it. And now Canada is back in the World Cup for the first time. Um, but it comes at a very difficult kind of situation because the World Cup is in a different time. It's not in the summer. It's in the middle of the club season, which I don't like because we've got too many things going on with the club seasons taking a break. And it just doesn't make any sense to me because I had, I literally had nightmares about player injuries on clubs going into the world cup because there's only a two week break. I don't think that's sustainable. And I think in the next week or so, we're going to have some bad injuries. Normally, how long will we get for a break after club season? We're looking at before the tournament starts, I don't know, maybe a month, something around that. And sure enough, I literally had a nightmare about Alfonso Davies getting injured like three months ago. And I woke up and I, it was just like a bad dream. Sure enough, what happens against uh, in Byron's game on the weekend? He gets a hamstring strain. And now he's got a race against time to get ready for their first, uh, their first match. Uh, and, and I know Bayern has come out and said that uh, it shouldn't affect his status for the World Cup, but I just don't like the fact that this is happening so quickly after important club matches, and we've still got some to go uh, before before the break starts. I don't think this was a good idea to have just this short of a break going into the World Cup and having these players, you know, going through such rigorous, you know, important matches, and then hey, the World Cup starts the most important part. 
part of your life in two weeks and you've got hardly any time to train with your teammates and stuff. And uh, Davies won't be the first and he's not going to be the last. There's going to be injuries in the next couple of weeks that are really going to affect World Cup availability. And I'm just, I really wish they could have done this better and not scheduled it the way it is. Maybe they were handcuffed with, with the heat. And Mo, you probably attest to how, how, how it gets over there with heat in the summer. You can't play. I, I get it. But um, there was just, there was better ways to do this. And I just would, I, can't, I mean, our country would have been a disaster should he suffered a more serious injury because he's our best player and the best player in his position in the entire world. And, mm. had, uh, you know, who knows how this thing is going to progress, but I really hope that he's, he's fit and FIFA can really avoid a situation like this in the future. For sure. Right. Let's move on to something much more comical. This week's frog, which we presented by Mr. Jake Small. E clamoroso autogol di Ranocchia. So this week, this might provide some really good inspiration for you, actually, Nima, um, for your podcast. I think, well, as a member of the English footballing world, I have to often live my life through <laughs> quite a tough period. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. It's hard being a football fan in England because the levels of idiocy seem higher than in other parts of the world. Maybe it's just me. I'm sure every country is, is the same. But the no, but you're in the media, in the media, in the British mainstream media, some of the dumbest people I have ever encountered were, <clears throat> like, with high-profile jobs, undoubtedly, <clears throat> especially on radio, and they talk about football. It's astonishing. <laughs> well, that leads me nicely into this week's frog. Um, I was going to go with Arsenal fans blaming a pigeon for Aaron Ramsdale conceding a goal, I was going to go with that. Because <laughs> that, that is really such a frog thing. That is such a frog thing. <laughs> so uh, Arsenal fans were having a bit of an angry moment on Twitter, thinking that Aaron Ramsdale was too busy watching a pigeon um, to stop himself conceding a goal. That was a very frog moment. But I want to give a real big shout-out to two of uh, the best pundits in world football, I'd argue, uh, on TalkSport Radio in Jermaine Pennant and Jamie O'Hara. So two gentlemen who finished their playing careers playing for Billerity Town um, on what is essentially park football, who <laughs> thought in their wisdom to have a sort of, I don't know, a bit of a psychoanalysis of the career of Gerard Piquet. Uh, with Piquet retiring this week, um, it's been a hot topic discussing his career. Both men were keen to point out that he played alongside the likes of Victor Valdez, Carlos Puyol, Danny Alves, Lionel Messi, Sergio Busquets, basically the whole Barcelona team except himself. So, you know, he, he was a, he was apparently a really terrible player because he's never played in England at any sort of successful level because he barely played for Man United. So, you know, I, I, I had to get that out there. Um, I, every week, I, go on I just want to give a shout out to to Kevin Hatchard, who's been who's been on this podcast before. I think it was last during Conte season when we played Gladbach, and he was he's a German football expert, but obviously covers all all, all football. I want to give a shout, big shout out to Kevin uh, for maintaining his cool and not ask laughing in the faces of these these people when they went on these tantrums. Um, and I said as much on Twitter as well, like, well done, Kevin, for not, for not losing your cool and also not laughing at the at absolute gibberish and drivel that was being spouted at a remarkably record-breaking record breaking rate, given 
and I'm taking that in, and I'm taking into consideration whose mouths it was coming from, coming from. That 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 that, that those particular that particular duo is very good at spouting nonsense, and 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 they that was. But I wonder if they didn't particularly break some sort of unofficial, you know, talk sport record, which would be, of course, a world record. But it was it was astonishing, uh, and 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 it was it was it was genuinely bizarre because Gerard Piquet was not a passenger at Barcelona, um, but Gerard Piquet was during his peak one of the best central defenders in the world, uh, especially uh, ball playing central defenders in the world. We're not talking about Simone Padouin, who's got three Serie A titles for playing for Juventus. We're talking about Gerard Piquet, who was a starter for Spain and Barcelona, and 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 was a world class player. Uh, at his best so you know uh, I just uh, I'm, I'm amazed at that I'm utterly amazed at that <laughs> level of ignorance that they display and they do so 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 proudly as well it's like if you'd said Victor Valdez I'd understand because I never rated him as a goalkeeper and I know many people didn't and and yes he, he was he was lucky to be born when he was and he was a decent goalkeeper he was from Barcelona he played for one of the best football clubs and one of the best club teams of all time that I would have understood uh, but to go after Pique is just uh, okay. So what? I mean, it, it was just it was just a weird. But I mean, at the end of the day, we know the thing is. I don't think they're that. I don't. I, I have to. Get, I have to be honest. I think it's more cynical than that. I don't think they are that stupid as they make out to be. I think it's more to do with the fact that they know that if they say something stupid and they do it on camera, it's going to go viral. Everyone's going to comment on it. I think they're doing it on purpose. They're baiting people. I really think that. And of course, I took the bait <laughs> as well. I'm, I'm admitting it. But 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 I think that's what it is. I, I honestly think it's shock jock, uh, the radio. You know, that's what it is. It's it's let's say something outrageous just for just to get the interactions out there. Um, I'm getting sick of it. It's, it's... Which to be honest, which what to be honest, it's becoming more and more in ma yeah. mainstream sports coverage. Unfortunately, that's becoming more the coverage. It's not journalism anymore. It's it's and it's it's turned into like some sort of clickbait. You know, yeah, it's turned into clickbait and and like the lowest common denominator level of entertainment. Uh, do you know what I mean? Like it's 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 almost like one you know like one liners at a at a at a cheap Las Vegas show uh, kind of level of entertainment that uh, it's become. It's not it's not analysis. It's not in, it's not intelligent. It's not interesting. I mean, yes, things can be you know the best thing ever is if they're informative, educational, and entertaining. I don't think they're either. I think it's just shock value. Let's say the most outrageous things we can just to get the interactions out there. And social media, of course, because of you can measure, so quantifiably measure how many interactions something gets, you know, th th that's why, you know, and they, they measure their success that way, not what they've actually done, which is pretty sad, to be honest, but it is what it is. Right, well, that's all we Sorry, Serie A is always better in this aspect. For me, being an English football fan, be able to listen to some of the Serie A coverage, although it is sometimes recorded on transistor-level radio technology, yeah. you don't get this same <laughs> comeback, do you? So, mm. no, It is what it is. Right, that's all we have time for this week. We've done almost 80 minutes, or we have done 80 minutes. There was a lot to talk about. There was a lot to unpack. Uh, Champions League draws, Champions League losses, the Derby d'Italia... Uh, lots lots of things that we went through uh, we will be back next monday it will be then uh, it will be our last uh, studio inter for the year because obviously there's no games until after the new year 
Uh, so it'll be kind of like our mid-season finale, we'll call it even, uh, where we will be talking about Bologna and Atalanta, and we'll be doing. Uh, we'll, we'll hopefully have. I'm, 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 we'll hopefully have a really good guest as well. But uh, until then, I'd like to thank Mo. He had to rush off. I'd like to thank you, Jake. No, thank you as always. Great to be on. And you, Mr. Gallo. Thank you very much for having me on. Very nice to talk to everyone. Uh, nice to hear your voices and uh, looking forward to uh, two games this week. We're really excited. And Mr. Marco Palmieri, who, who was joined us on, on the top of the show. Until next week, uh, I'm your host, Nima Tawale. wishing you to stay safe. Uh, listen to your health authorities. Take care of each other. Six points and sempre e solo forza. Thank you.